hope y'all know the reason I don't clap loudly after you do something like that is because my mic will pick it up and it'll just blast everybody's ears out. So, ew, ew, it was so good. Thank you so much. But in my heart, I'm just like, wah. Hey. How are y'all doing today? Man, what a beautiful crowd you are today. Have you looked around the room since you sat down? You know, it's like people kind of like materialize. Like, boom, there they are. Beautiful people. So uh, I'm feeling very uh, verklempt today because of, just because. There's a lot going on, and because we have these precious moments with each other, and especially because I get to do something today that is like the icing on the cake when you're a minister. So today, um, I, I have the very special privilege to bless a couple of our children for a beloved family in our community. And you get to help me with that. Are you willing to go there this morning? <laughs> so I'm going to ask the Finn family to come stand up here. And I'm going to stand down here. Okay, Grandpa, how you doing? <laughs> Would you hold these for me? Thank you. I'll get them from you in a minute. So um, you guys all know Leah and Michael Finn. Um, you know, it's every minister's dream. It's every community's dream. People will walk into your church family, and you know right away that they're family, and they know right away that they're home. And the Finns did that. They came to us shortly before the pandemic, and um, we got to see Leah when, uh, when Indiana was still in Leah, and, uh, <laughs> and bless him before we got here. And uh, Ford was just a, a little guy, little bitty guy. And over this time, um, even when we've been apart, uh, Michael Finn has stepped up into board service. He's a chaplain. You've seen him speak on Sundays, and he's magnificent. And Leah is probably the best cheerleader a church community could ever have. And not to put too fine a point on it, you kind of look like one, so... <laughs> And then we have these two bundles of energy that, are, that make the family whole. And grandparents. Yes, the grandparents from which this wouldn't have happened. And so today we're blessing this family, but we're also blessing all the DNA that brought them to us. The family, the family heritage. And so today I have... The Finns have a bottle of water from Lourdes, the shrine in France. And so we're going to bless the children with this today. And so we're going to begin with that. So um, we're going to start with you, Ford, if that's okay, since you're the firstborn guy. Um, Leanne, Michael, would you please say the full name of your child together? 
I'm just going to put a little bit of this on my hand and a little bit on your head, okay? Don't drink it. <laughs> yeah, don't drink it. <laughs> Ford Francis Finn, I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, the Christ Spirit, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the activity of God that moves through all of us. Are you ready for your turn, Indy? Leanne, Michael, would you please say the name of your youngest together? Indiana Lee Finn. No. Hey. <laughs> no, not that. Hey, Indy. Indy, come here. You want to sit down beside me? Indy, Indy, come here and sit down with me. Indy, don't make me look silly. Hey, Indy, just stay right. Okay, stay right there with right here, Mom. Mama, right here. Right okay. Here. <laughs> this is good. Indiana Lee Finn, I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Christ Spirit, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, which moves through each one of us. Listen, guys, I want you to know something. Some people in churches will say that you got here and you need to be blessed so that you'll be good. You know? We already know that you're good. We already know that you're good guys, that God loves you and we love you. And so when we bless you today, it's just so that we can all see together that you're already so very loved and so appreciated <laughs> Here's your tissue. <laughs> hey, Indy, Indy, hey, can I get a hug? Not now. When, when, when it's a little quieter, we have good hugs. And so truly, truly, there is no original sin that needs to be cleansed. These guys arrived here perfect, and perfect they remain for their entire lives on earth. And throughout their journey, we know that both of you will guide them and lead them and love them in the ways that reveal their true nature. And so for both of you today, I would also like to give a blessing for these parents of these two beloved children who came together by the will of spirit who join their family together and are guided through good times and bad so that this family might be whole and complete in every way, so that love fills your home and fills your hearts. And so it is forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Beloved community, they stand with you today not as an entity solely separate unto themselves, but also part of your family. And so I will ask you today, if from this day forward, you continue to support this family with your love, with your hands, with your hearts, if you are willing to do this and stand with this family now and forever, will you please, please say, we will. We will. Do you get that? Yes. 
The other thing that we have, thank you. And some of you have seen me do this before, but we always like to have flowers. And notice that these are our buds that are just beginning to open. If we were to try to make these open faster, we would ruin the flower. If we tried to keep them from opening, we would ruin the flower. This is a reminder that each individual, and especially visible in our children, are unfolding exactly as they should, in the perfect timing and in the perfect way. And so we bless them today with these flowers. I'm just going to bonk you and bonk you. <laughs> Do you want to take this with you? Maybe. Do you want to leave them with mom? Okay, I'll leave them with mom. Okay. I love you, Finn family. I love you so much. You know I do. You've been a part of my heart since you walked through these doors. And no matter where our paths take us, you will always walk around right in here. Thank you. Thank you for sharing their lives with us. Without scaring anybody, can we just applaud a little bit? I love you, Phil. Easy does it now. Finn just had knee surgery. And he's he's getting around pretty well. Yeah, and, and the uh, distinguished accessory that he's got with him. I did see just a short video clip of him after he got home from the hospital when the full effects of anesthesia had not yet <laughs> left his body. Mm -hmm. I saw it. <laughs> Keeping it on my phone, save. Save to photos. Yeah, you're, yes, yes. Thank you. On uh, the 19th, we're going to be blessing new members. We're also going to be blessing at least two babies. We're just going to bless, bless, bless. So be sure you're here on the 19th because do you notice how your heart is feeling right now? Do you know how, do you know how good it is for us to acknowledge that we need each other? And that in, in our acceptance of that need for each other, our hearts are filled up and overflowing, and that's what this is all about, is it not? Is it not? It's why we can't live in a vacuum. It's why we uh, join in community in the first place. No matter how introverted or shy or non-joining we might be, there are benefits to being in a community and being able to participate in moments like this and to acknowledge that that we have a chance to experience something. These children have a chance to experience something that we might not have gotten when we were growing up. You know, I, I believed when I was nine years old that I had to be dunked completely in water in order to uh, be clean again. And I did it more than once because I was pretty sure that my... 11-year-old sinful self hadn't done it right. Wow. These kids don't have to go through that. And luckily for us, it doesn't take as long to heal that part of our lives as we spent believing that it might be true. 
You understand what I'm saying? You're washed clean every day. You get up in the morning, you put your feet on holy ground, and that's the way you walk through the day. You know, um, people who practice uh, Islam, they will have a rug at the uh, side of their bed, and that's the last thing their feet touch as they let go of the day. And it's the first thing their feet touch as they take on the day, brand new. It's a good practice. Myself, I have a little cowhide. <laughs> That's my prayer rug, I guess. But it works. It's a reminder that this day is new and fresh. And we've just affirmed that for these children and for this family. Now, <clears throat> you guys know by now that I uh, get informed a lot by popular culture. So you've heard me talk about movies and music and concerts and art, things that I've read. Um, I've just recently started watching Ted Lasso. A little late to the party. And uh, I can tell you that that is the best thing to watch before going to bed at night. Because there's not an episode that doesn't make you feel good. And uh, the thing that's sweet about Ted Lasso is that he seems to practice all the things that we wish we could practice all the time in our spiritual lives, which is not taking anything personally, being kind all the time, um, using everything as an opportunity to connect with people and to make the world a better place. That's what Ted Lasso seems to do. As far as I've seen and from everything I've heard, it's going to continue that way. So I look at Ted Lasso and I think, ah, there is a fictional character that speaks to so many people because it is what we identify with as an ideal for ourselves. It's something we can look forward to. It's something that we can, we can um, strive, I guess. I hate to use that word because it sounds like labor. But it's something that we're aware of in order to make our lives a little fuller. So I've been enjoying Ted Lasso for the dominion that he has over his own life. I've also been watching the Murdoch trial in South Carolina. <clears throat> Pardon me. And this is a very sad story of a man who lost dominion over his life. And even sadder was the idea that he still believed that he did have dominion. But he was lost was a lost man, and I mean, we can always hope for redemption for someone, but at the moment, it appears that he's going to be lost or reconsidering his whole life again while he spends the rest of it in prison. And um, in his case, addiction, greed, losing control, seemed to have influenced his life into the unthinkable actions that took place. At least that's what a jury decided. So I've had two really good examples of dominion over life and non-dominion over life. You know, just in, in what I've watched this week. I'd like for you to just think for a moment about yourself without all the trappings of what your life has been. I'd like to think of you, I'd like for you to think of yourselves 
as uh, universal energy, eternal energy, that has just taken on the embodiment of a human. And your job while you're here is to live this human life with all of its everything. All of its everything. And to c continue to remember that energy and the source of it. That's all. Just that little task. That's what we're here for. And you see, we've been given uh, this gift of being able to self-determine what we're going to do with our lives. Self-determine how we're going to handle it. And you heard about it in the Daily Word today. You heard about it in the words that Janet brought us so beautifully <clears throat> in her interpretation of the, daily, of the uh, Lord's Prayer. So I want to share something with you that, for me, is one of the things that helps me to move toward dominion over my life. Excuse me just a moment. <clears throat> Must be spring. I never heard of this concept until I started studying in unity although it's not a new concept. I hadn't heard it presented the way it was. And it's uh, the concept of non-resistance. Okay? Let me read this. This is from our Lenten study book. Just as the sea does not resist the friction of the wind on its surface, nor does the grass resist stains, rains, storms, and snowfalls. I allow the circumstances and experiences of life to wash over me. In this way, I free myself from the state of internal struggle and weakness that opposition and resistance cause. I practice acceptance and live life with no strings attached. Jesus said, do not resist an evildoer. So let the circumstances flow and stay focused on omnipresent love. The power to choose is always in each of us. Let's practice using it wisely. Non-resistance is a process that occurs in our consciousness as we recognize, accept, and affirm that in God there is nothing to fear. The only presence and the only power that exists in the universe is absolute good, and it is always with us. Holding this awareness will make everything work together for our good. And the scripture is from the Sermon on the Mount. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Oh boy, let's talk about that one. Let me tell you, this idea of non-resistance, you get a bunch of ministerial students together in a room talking about this topic, drove our teacher crazy. Because we had, well, what about? And what if? And all the questions that go with that, trying to suss out what non-resistance really was. Because if you take that scripture at face value, it makes it look like you're just going to roll over every time somebody does something to you that you don't like. 
But I'm going to propose to you that there's a difference between uh, succumbing to something and not resisting it. There's a subtle difference there. Non-resistance doesn't mean ignoring a thing that bothers you. Non-resistance doesn't mean advocating for yourself. Non-resistance doesn't mean people can do whatever they want to to me. That's not what non-resistance is. Non-resistance is seeing a thing, naming a thing, allowing it to flow past you. Because, beloved, it's not the thing that hurts us. It's our pushback that hurts us. It's our denial. It is our uh, ignoring. It is our need to make things different. That's what causes us pain. That's what causes us pain. So, for an example, if you find yourself ever seeing, hearing, experiencing something where your internal voice says, why I ought to, I would suggest you're not practicing non-resistance at that point. Non-resistance gives us an authentic voice to set a boundary. Non-resistance gives us freedom from trying to control everything. Non-resistance gives us the opportunity to observe rather than be absorbed. Okay, am I beginning to, are you beginning to see the distinction here? And, you know, there are so many good uh, examples of that in nature for us. Like right now, the live oaks and all the other oaks are dropping their leaves, right? So that new leaves can come out. The new leaves are getting pushed, uh, are pushing the old leaves off the trees. It's kind of a mess. But imagine if the old leaves said, no, I'm not letting go. I want to stay here and turn yellow. <laughs> no. They don't do that, do they? They allow that cycle of life to continue. And I, I read the other day from an arborist that uh, it's good for you to let those leaves stay on the ground. Don't break them up. Because they make mulch. And I'm sure y'all know this already. They make mulch. And they actually, um, they actually have the way they're, they're constructed. When they fall, they cling to the ground in a way that assures that they will stay there to complete their life cycle, to nourish the soil, to provide uh, their part of the nutrients for the ecosystem. They're designed that way. So don't break your leaves. Non-resist <laughs> the leaves on your lawn. <laughs> Leave them alone. If you've got an HOA that's giving you trouble, tell them to come talk to me. <laughs> I will say, oh, maybe you should practice non-resistance with your HOA members. <laughs> so, so we have examples in nature of the idea of non-resistance. 
What if everybody said, I'm going to resist dying. I'm going to stay here forever. Yuck. We don't want that, do we? Man, at some point you kind of get tired, don't you? I mean, you know? It's like, let's see what the next adventure is. You know? It's part of the cycle. And it's difficult for us to see. I mean, we're talking about the big things. We're talking about, you know, seasons. We're talking about seasons of life. So, but it's difficult for us when we got a neighbor that's in our face. Or we perceive that they're in our face. You see? So uh, I, I want to be as specific as I can about the idea of non-resistance. You know, the, the, the harshest thing that you hear in Scripture that Jesus says, well, he does get mad at the temple and flip the tables, but, um, but every now and then he would say to his disciples when they would question him over and over, well, what do you mean by that? Oh, what do you mean by that? Oh, what do you mean by that? And finally, Jesus does what every human being would do. How long do I have to answer your questions? How long do I have to put up with you guys? He said that, and then he went on to explain the lesson yet again. Because that was his mission. His mission was not to uh, test his patience, although it probably did. His mission was to teach the lessons. And so non-resistance is a, is a skill that we have to develop. And usually we can let our bodies tell us when it's time for us to practice that. Because you will notice that I don't know where you experience tension, but I usually get tight around my throat. My chest gets a little contracted. I might get a little something in my solar plexus here. And before I know it, my shoulders up are up around my ears. And I'm, I'm, I'm mm, ready to duke it out. At least internally, I'm ready to duke it out. And that's where the battle occurs, isn't it? So... Uh, you can let your body show you, wow, am I resisting this situation right now? Am I resisting this next part of my growth? Am I resisting the opportunity to not fear? Because that's usually what's in the mix. Am I willing to say, oh, yeah, this is fear, and I'm going to let it flow through me? And I, I just love, there's a whole mantra from the, uh, the Dune series of books by Frank Herbert. And it says, fear is the mind killer. Fear is a little, a little death every time it happens. So usually our resistance is, is grounded in fear. And if we are people of the light, if we're people of the eternal energy, if we're people of God, what do we have to fear? Really? What do we have to fear? I mean, my friends, have we not? Look at us all sitting in this room. Three years ago, three years ago tomorrow, Everything shut down. Everything shut down. 
And then when we kind of tiptoed back, we were all wearing masks and sitting far apart, not hugging each other. Look at us today. Kind of feels like a bad dream now, doesn't it? Yeah. Not to say that COVID's gone, but to say that we have done what we need to do as a society and the, the, the virus has done what it needs to do as a virus so that we're more resistant, we have less to fear. Now, um, when I'm talking about fear that comes up with non-resistance, I am not talking about the fear that protects us from harm, the fear that causes us to take measures to be safe. And that goes for your external body and your internal self. If you're in a situation in which you are not safe emotionally, I'm not saying stay there and non-resist it. What I am saying is allow the fear about what will happen to you if you take a stand for yourself. Allow that fear to slide past you. Does that make sense? I'm talking about the subtleties of our spiritual lives. And so if we want to have dominion over our lives, and we are the most sentient, as far as we know, the most sentient beings on the planet, dolphins are kind of giving us a run for our money and some of the <laughs> primates, but for now... For now, we're the most sentient beings on the planet. Yet we let so many other things have dominion over us. Do, can you begin to feel that non-resistance is a place that has more strength and serenity to it? Can you just take that on for a moment? Strength and serenity, would that be okay with you? on a daily basis, to have strength and serenity, to have that core of life that is your truest assurance, that is what we're going for. So if you find yourself snapping at somebody, if you find yourself uh, curling into a ball because you're scared, you might just say, oh, wow, I don't have dominion over my life right now. Okay, I'm going to let this fear, I'm going to name it, I'm going to let it wash through me. This anger that I'm feeling, which usually has fear at its base, I'm going to let this anger wash through me. I'm going to non-resist it. I'm not going to act on it. I'm going to non-resist it and see what's available to me instead that. Now, my biggest fear, one of my biggest fears <laughs> is that I stand before you on these Sundays and I teach these lessons that I need to hear myself. Trusting that we're kind of all in the same human boat and uh, what I speak to speaks to all of us and speaks to me. 
I, I, I won't be able to shut that off when I retire. I will always be looking at our human condition and how to frame it in a way that benefits me, but benefits others. Because if it's the highest good for me, it's the highest good for others. My fear is that not having a fire to my feet to present it on Sundays on a regular basis <laughs> will interrupt that flow. I'm going to let that fear wash through me and open myself up to the creative energy of God to see how that will express itself. There, I just made an affirmation with non-resistance and dominion. Do you see? You can do the very same thing. Whatever it is, it's kind of driving your food. I use my body a lot because sometimes those words just... If you're driven by something, if you're driven by something under, other than true passion, if you're driven to control something, if you're driven to make somebody behave a certain way, that's a big one. Well, if only they would. If they would just listen to me, I'm just going to suggest that you take that urge to impose your will on someone else. Let it flow through you. Let their journey be their journey. Let that flow through you. Let it be. Because in the end, if we do that, we discover that we are expressing and living with strength and serenity. We're living with uh, a purer, clearer vision for our lives. And we make a, a genuine contribution to the human condition. Would that be all right with you? Yes. Do we not all want to do that? In whatever large or small way we can to contribute our good to the human condition. Why else are we here, I ask you? So I'm just looking down at this beautiful boy who just opened it. Was. <laughs> I see you, Indy. <laughs> he was just like this, which some of you may be doing now. So let's have... <laughs> Let's have a meditation and we'll, um, we'll move forward. So I bet through this, uh, through this talk, you might have discovered or might have come to your mind something that you're feeling resistance about in your life. Just go ahead and focus on that thing right now. Just go ahead and bring that into your awareness. Let's work with it. So as you think about that thing, your body may have contracted itself a little bit. So take a breath. That's, a, that's the sure remedy for our tension, for our stress, for our resistance. Take a breath and know that not having an answer is okay. Resist your need to know. And in so doing, everything will be revealed to you 
in its perfect time and in its perfect way. This is a promise. When the scripture says, resist the evildoer, sometimes the biggest doer of evil in us is us. And in order to have dominion over our lives, to live in the true potential of the God Spirit, let's identify those things that keep us from that. Imagine if that perfect spirit within you was not spending its good energy on worrying, obsessing, trying to figure out. What if you let go? What if you let go and then be absorbed into the great unknowing that has within it, paradoxically, all the answers. And your simple prayer right now might be, I let go, I let go, I let go, and God, I continue to let go. Yes, I accept strength and serenity I accept that easier, more sure way of living. I accept my dominion over my own life, my own thoughts, my own words, my own actions. Breathe again. You're doing good work. And good work is being done in you. Right now. And so for all the things that are known and unknown to you, give thanks for all of it. All of it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And thank you, God. Amen.